so nervous tonight. Why are you nervous? I don't know. It feels like the very first time. We've been doing this for a long time. There's really no need to be nervous. I don't think. We're about to take a break, so it just feels... Everything feels new and different. You mean it feels for like it's the last time? Oh, that's right. Feels like it's the very last time. Yeah. For a little while, but then we're picking up again. Well, when you get resettled uh, back in uh, in California, yeah, we'll we'll pick up. The minute you're done with your with your epic uh, road journey, you know, epic road journey. And uh, if you ever bored in the hotel and want to do a do one from the road we can try to do that too there you go uh we we have to apologize to everybody who listened to last week's show and is was so excited to talk about crime wave tonight and meet the one and only reed bernie because it's not happening it's not gonna happen it's gonna happen just not tonight not tonight we Uh, hope it's gonna happen because we what we hope it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Reed's, Reed is was crushed that we couldn't use him tonight. The movie, as it turns out, is not uh, readily available. No, he said that a wonderful Blu-ray came out uh, about five years ago. I may have to buy that. Do you have a you have a Blu-ray? You have everything. Do I have a Blu-ray? Yes, a, a Blu-ray. A Blu-ray. You have yes. I, I have many ways to see a movie. <laughs> yes. See, I watch everything on my Apple Watch. I don't. Uh-huh. Really, no, I don't. I don't have to get an the Apple full watch. to get the full. Yeah, you would though if you had one to get the full cinematic experience. You need an Apple Watch. We were talking to Austin Pendleton uh, a couple hours ago. Mom and I had a Zoom with Austin. Oh, and cool. If, if people don't know Austin, he's a, a spectacular actor. He was the original Motel the Taylor in in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. He was in My Cousin Vinny. He was in Catch-22. Um, just a, a spectacular actor, wonderful director, wonderful acting teacher. Um, and he was, we were talking about 2001. And I said, yeah, I, I said, really the best way to experience that movie is on your iPhone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Really, get the full the full yeah. effect yeah that and and uh, how the west was won yeah and uh you know um lawrence of arabia, lawrence arabia. It, it, it works really good <laughs> yeah dr Zhivago. yeah this movie would be great that way tonight's movie <laughs> yeah Our replacement movie what, so but oh, anyway austin is good i'm glad austin, you saw him Austin was good it was great to catch up with him um it was great to catch up with him. And he's the, busy, uh, the busiest man in show business. The busiest man in show business and an incredible raconteur. You know, the man can spin a yarn and tell a story. Yes. Yes. Uh, I have and has had a lot of tennis. experiences. A lot of experiences that are worth the tale. Well, if only he were in some movies that were worth the uh, oh wait, he has been. Why don't we have him on the show sometime? We we could do that. Austin's been in some crazy movies. He's been, well, the movie that we were talking about today that I think may have to be the one that we do was Skidoo. I know Skidoo very well. Was he was telling us lots of stories about the making of Skidoo. I know Skidoo. I've known I've I saw Skidoo a long time ago thanks to a friend who was also into cult movies and trust me when I say it's it's um it's far weirder than you think it is. Okay. Um, so, but there's any number of movies that he was in that we could uh, that we could choose from. Well, he was acting in a in the crazy, crazy '60s time. So he was in a lot of a lot of crazy movies, like yeah. early on. Really, and and worked has worked with almost everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's safe to say probably everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and though we're not going to tell the story responsible for the funniest theater anecdote I've ever heard, but I, we're not going to tell it. We're not going to tell that story. It's no. his to tell. It's his to if tell. But to trust tell us, it is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this is the kind of show you are watching. You are watching or listening to a show 
where we inform you that there are incredibly funny stories out there that we're not going to tell you. We're not going to share with you. That's it. That's so. Tune in next week for more things that we're not going to talk. No. Um, that did, that, that is actually that's a terrible thing to do. That didn't that wasn't fair. I shouldn't yeah. ever have said that, but I should because the fact of the, of the matter is the important thing isn't the story for anybody out there. The, the important thing is that this man is legendary. Yeah, and he's the kind of person who could tell us who could have a story about him in theater in in New York, no less. That is the theater story. That is the funniest story. So. Yeah. Yeah. One day, maybe he'll tell it, but not now. So, how are you? Good week? Good week. Busy week. Um, as as it's been, a pretty hectic. Uh, Amelia has been uh, working on a... Uh, she has a, a, a gig doing a, a radio theater piece. Uh, well, a, a piece of theater that they're doing as a podcast radio thing um, right. while they still can't do a show. But when they do the show, she's doing it again. So, she's been doing that from home. I've been helping with tech on that end. And um, then, you know, doing some editing at night, swapping out the studio. It's been crazy, but fun. Um, how about you? Uh, good. Uh, I'm still recovering from uh, the Agua Chile we had the other night. Um, Wait, what? You got Agua sick? Ch no, no, no. I'm just recovering from the the amazing experience of that Agua Chile. Oh, that okay. That definitely sounded like you were no, no. covering like in the bathroom. No, I seem to to uh, to have become addicted to looking at aguachile recipes on online, and okay, I want to wallpaper my my room in, with aguachile. I want to fill a bathtub with aguachile. It strikes me that it would be hard to find all the ingredients, but that not wouldn't be hard to make once you got them. If there, it's actually not that complicated. Chilies and lime juice and and uh, avocados and shrimp and uh, the Nepales actually where I'm going are in every supermarket. Well, not, the, well, uh, you, but I, I live in New York, the, so maybe the, they're not. There are there are markets in in uh, there are Latin markets in New York. Well, I'll bet you can get get Nepales. And uh, I yeah. actually took a class a couple of years ago that taught how to make a Nepalese uh, salad. So I learned how to deal with them, how to get the the spines off of them, and and uh, already I'm done. I I'm out. I have to get spines out of something. I'm no, not... no. It's easy. You just you just put the Nepali down on on a on a cutting board and you you scrape a knife over it like you know like that, and it takes the oh, okay. I thought you meant like spines, like a like you know. Spatchcocking your chicken. Spatchcock, yeah. Spine. You have to spatchcock the cactus. You have to take the, the backbone out <clears throat> of the cactus. Well, that was a delicious meal. One of the first after lockdown meals I've had at a restaurant, and it was great. It was great. And that, that was a great dish. Truly refreshing. Until we got hit with a wave so of Brooklyn dirt off the construction sites, <laughs> and our food was tainted yeah. by rat poison. That was pretty great. Yeah, and added a little je ne sais quoi to the meal. So we're talking and we're talking and we're talking and we're talking and we seem to be avoiding the subject, the elephant in the room. Well, the I mean, the big you mean what we ended up having to see? Yeah. Oh, and okay. and the, I love the way you said that. What we ended up having to see. <laughs> it was my, I. Uh... I'm in the throw down and say I would watch this movie again tonight. I love this movie. I would watch it again tonight too. But it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely a terrible ridiculous. movie. It's not a terrible movie. I completely disagree with you. <laughs> okay. Well, and there you have it. Okay. So, um, you okay? <laughs> Here we go. There, there. I just don't understand how you could say this is a terrible movie because I thought this was a delightfully surprising movie with ridiculous things in it and stupid, stupid ideas, but really, really genuinely lighthearted, fun, and beautifully shot. With some, I would, I would agree with all of that, but I okay. still think it's a terrible movie. Okay. Uh, why? Why? I really need to know why, because we really can't leave it at that. I need to know why. If I have to say, if I'm going to talk about why I liked it, you have to talk about why it's terrible. Okay, but 
I'm not, but I'll talk. I can talk about what I, why I liked it, but I think it's it is. Um, th- there are holes in it a mile wide, just endless holes in the in the story, and in in the plot. Um, it, it's completely ridiculous. Um, but I don't think the makers of it would disagree with you. I mean, but, would you agree that Casino Royale has holes in it and is ridiculous? Yes. Like the first one or a Pink yeah. Panther movie would be. So why can't this all have that? And why does that make this a terrible movie? And the Pink Panther has that and it's really good. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, okay. Why is this a good movie? I, uh, did I say it was a good movie? Well, then why are you disagreeing with me saying it's not a good movie? Because a delightful one, movie that I think is wonderful is different than a terrible movie. And it's also different than a really good movie. I'm not saying that this is like a good movie the way that, uh, you know, you got to kind of define your terms a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, this, this is, is this a is... really fun romp that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever um okay and there's things like you know okay here i'll tell you why i think it's it's kind of silly um you said it's a terrible movie (laughs) you said it was a terrible movie though i'm not being hard on you i just i want to i want to unpack it because okay because of of all of the um the bond uh derivatives of the time right uh you've got matt helm you've got uh dare i say danger diabolique um you've got uh arman flint you've got all these movies and then you have this movie where the james bond character is in works for an insurance company yeah <laughs> this is why i think it's an un- this is what i love though but he doesn't work for an insurance company. There isn't anything made of him working for an insurance company in the way that in um, in the president's analyst, the bad guy is the phone company, right? I don't think they. I don't think they're sending it up. I think they actually just thought, oh, he'll be an investigator for an insurance company. Like that's cool. Um, okay, I disagree. I don't know. I don't know what's in their heads. You know, I don't know what they thought was cool or not making this. I I don't know. But do you, I, but do you know what I mean? Like that with like if they had set made like sent sent it up a bit or commented on it. If they had done that, then I would have. Then it would have been anti-establishment, and this isn't an anti-establishment movie. This is a surreal, this is a, to me, this is more of like a surrealist comedy. So uh, Uh at that level, I mean, and I mean that in the surreal sense that like Peter Sellers movies of the time were surrealist, that they were kind of like, you know, they were out there. They, they hinged on ridiculous plot stuff. They were making fun of James Bond as much as they were kind of embodying it. Right. I think what's cool about this movie is that it's a ridiculous comedy, but but it also has some really cool Bond stuff. Oh, wait a second. I have to go back and watch it again because I didn't realize it was a comedy. I thought it was a, like a Bond movie. <laughs> I... Well, the question is, did, did they know? And I, I think I think any movie that starts with Elkie Summer, like, it, 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 in an airplane that's faker than any airplane in a James Bond movie. Like, the model is you ridiculous. You can almost see the hand holding yeah. it in the shot. They made no attempt to make that realistic. It, it was silly. It was like a scene from... There were things about it that remind me of, like, Bob Downey, where it's just like, it's an insurance company, and of course they have an investigator like James Bond on it. And not, and not making fun of it, to me, was pretty hip. To me, that felt like a pretty cool thing to do, Rick. Just like, yeah, it's a world where... This stupid insurance company trains a battalion of like karate experts in a basement to go to do stuff. I thought 
see, that's when it took on kind of almost greatness for me. I, okay. I, 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 but I, you know, maybe here we have it. I think you don't, I think that, uh, you don't like surrealist stuff in your movies. Like that does the logic, when the logic breaks down, it, it seems to bother you. Like, and that's a terrible movie for you. Well, I, I like it if I, I guess what I, I didn't see that they were, that that was intentional. I, I didn't get that and, and don't know that it was intentional. I thought that they were, to me, it seemed like they were trying to pull off a, a an Armand Flint tongue in cheek Bond movie, but didn't quite get there. But how, how is, I mean, it is, that's what it is though. It is a, it is Except a fake I didn't, I didn't tongue and cheek Bond movie. But and I'm, a Bond yeah, movie is serious. But I didn't get that the choice to do the, the, to have it be an insurance guy was a, was a choice of sending up as opposed to somebody saying, oh, I know, let's make him an insurance guy. Okay. Which to me was like, come on, you can do better than that. Oh boy. I, okay. So yeah, I totally, to me, that that's why I, that's one of the things I loved about it. I, I was like the, to create a world where they were training super spies in like, you know, like it, like it was James Bond, like a team of like all these spies, like you're training them to work for insurance companies. And that the big baddie in this movie is, is not, He's not trying to dominate the world for, or anything. But, but they didn't have a, a team. It was him. It was just him as like this insurance investigator. He doesn't have a, a cue. He doesn't have a support organization of uh, of a... I, I think that they are trying to imply that those people at that gymnasium that he's training at are all like him. Oh, see, I thought that was just his gym that he's training at. I don't know that, that he studied I, judo. I I took it totally as that was the training ground for the insurance spies, and uh -oh. then just like they cut to the the bad ladies of the movie that we'll get to talk about in a second, they're all working for bad guys too, and they all train at a facility well, just there's like there's another that place that where we dis we're going to heartily disagree. I thought those were the good ladies of the movie. Um, <laughs> I would call them the good ladies of that movie. The good ladies of that movie. I, I, I agree with you on that. You may have been doing bad things for bad people. I but... agree with you on that. I would honestly, like to me, I put this above Bond. Like this to me, because I, I think Bond isn't uh, translated over the years very well for me. Like I, I went through it, got it. Yeah. Uh, Roger Moore ruined it for me. Oh, I went definitely. through years yeah. of Roger Moore and I can't come back from that. Yeah. And I don't, and Daniel Craig, I'm too old to care. I just don't care anymore. I haven't ever cared. Fine. Yeah. But don't name anything quantum of solace oh. and expect me to be there. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so well, tonight we're know... talking about um, deadlier than the male uh, directed by yeah. Ralph Thomas. And it's spelled M A L E, not M A I L, because that could be really confusing if you're thinking. Yes, like, exactly. The postal it's, not, service. it's not about anthrax in the post in a, like a postal card no. or something now. Um, and it stars uh, the uh, the amazing Richard Johnson, the more amazing Elkie Summer, um, and uh, one of the greatest people that I know, who I've ever met, Nigel Green as Carl Peterson. Oh my God. Oh my God. Now, okay. There is, yeah. there is this performance in the movie and. Yes, there is. And it's, that is truly extraordinary. Uh, you know, I can't, uh, what is there to say about Nigel Green? His, he has a laugh <laughs> in that movie. It's great. An evil guy laugh. Yeah. It's like the strangest little giggle mm -hmm. um he's why partly i feel like they may have been more thinking this was ridiculous than you know like 
his concoction, this, this evil villain concoction is so ridiculous, really, uh, that I feel like they knew that this was ridiculous. So I don't know. But All right, I'm maybe. glad you like Nigel Green because I've been I'm a like, fan for a long well, time. And can we also mention there's one actor in this movie who jumped out at me. Please tell me he jumped out at you from one of your favorite movies. And I recognized him instantly upon coming on the screen. Mr. <laughs> Leonard Rossiter. Oh, my God. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Me. Just just the moment I saw him, it was uh, yeah. that face. Unique. Is, Unlike any face, yeah. he's, he's got the the haughty British sneer, yeah. just built into the the bone structure and musculature <laughs> of his face. There's no way he can escape that he's looking at you like, "Oh, you're a plebeian." <laughs> Truthfully, I'm sure he was a wonderful man maybe still is i don't know is let, let let's take a look at uh Leonard he, he passed away did he oh okay he passed away fairly what a great great yeah. great actor and but it, for those of uh, of those of you who don't know who we're talking about this gentleman is in 2001 and he plays the russian the representative of the russian government on the space station uh questioning the uh, american space representative who's on his way to see what happened on on jupiter he's also in barry linden as well yes. and has a great part in that movie he, he, just incredible yeah great actor great face this film is full of amazing wonderful faces from the british movies at that time do you have you seen nigel green in anything i he looked familiar, but he's not come. It's not coming to me. Did you Did you ever see the Ifcris file? No. Uh, the Watercris file. Oh, that's even better. Yes. The cilantro documents. <laughs> yes. So are thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Um. So anyway, we're talking about Deadlier Than the Male. Now, this film came out in 1967, and it was clearly an answer to James Bond, um, but an early answer. Like, uh, when did when did Dr. No come out? Do you remember? Was it like 60? 62, I think. 62? Okay, so it was a bit later. We'd already had a few Bond movies by the time this came out. Um, but they were referencing the Sean Connery Bond. They're referencing the early Bond kind of yes. moves and mojo and the old British style, which is ridiculous and fussy and everything, but it's so much fun in movies and it's so great for this kind of spy background. I mean, the movie is, is quite terrible to me, but enjoyable in that kind of rock Hudson way where, when like his nephew, when, when Richard Johnson's nephew is, is, is in the picture, he, that's a little rough. Yeah. That's a little rough, yeah. Um, but there is some dialogue in this film. The the sort of money penny uh, moment early on in the film when when he comes to get his assignment and um, he's talking to his boss and and the boss's assistant or or executive assistant or secretary, whatever you want to call her at the time, comes in and offers him. Uh, she offers him a drink. And he doesn't respond. And then she says, Mr. Drummond. And he looks at her and he says, later, perhaps. And she gives him kind of a scowl and says, very well. And she walks out of the room and his boss says, you're wasting your time. Peggy's a very well brought up girl. Father's a bishop. <laughs> I fell out of my chair. There's great stuff in the script. And it's full of what you'd call, I guess, Fathers single single entendres. Like it is no subtlety yes. to the entendres. Like it is just yeah. sex on the brain in a way that's cartoonish. Yeah. Absolutely cartoonish. Even the, even the for a James guy, Bond movie, it's out of control. The bad guy's offering him a cigar and something to drink and any of the women basically saying you can have anything you want and he says thank you i prefer to roll my own 
<laughs> like, yes, it's awful. There, it's, it's unredeemable. It, but it, but it's to me redeemable in the way that <laughs> I framed it as an answer, like as a as smart people answering James Bond with kind of a stupid, with like a stupid movie. It, it's a very stupid movie. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. But I can't say it's terrible. I, I it gave me I, so much joy, and it's I'd call funny. It the script. I'd call it a retort to James Bond more than an answer. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, I mean, I like the fact that they've named Elkie Summers' character some Eichmann, basically. Like, there's weird, <laughs> there's weird things about it. Um, interesting that. Um, uh, Richard Thompson, who was in this and a lot of really crazy, interesting cult movies, uh, was the first choice for Terrence Young to play James Bond, the director yeah. of James Bond. He wanted this guy. Um, not good looking enough by a mile if you could get a guy like Connery, I guess. Yeah. And also, there's something rough enough about Connery that no matter how cool he was being, there was something a little scary about him a little scary and like he, did, he could really kick the shit out of you big dude and looked like he didn't suffer fools and richard thompson is of the like richard burton school where it's like i'm a strong man and i you can tell <laughs> he can barely stand in some of this <laughs> he can barely <laughs> yeah the judo and the fight scene so good are so you can almost see the choreography like and one and mm. two, and now you grab here, and yeah. hold on, and now throw me. His, the, the act, the the stunt moves from the actors are bad, but the but the design of the stunts are great. Like the way they shoot the action scenes are actually really inventive and cool. It's like they got. It's kind of reminds me a little bit of like Beat the Devil. It's like they took the B team, like the B camera team from Bond, yeah. and on a few weekends they were like, ah, let's just shoot this indie movie with some of the same people. Yeah. And they and they came up with this, you know. I and mean, it's things like somebody being chased through an underground parking garage, with with you know, huge pillars everywhere, and it's like, no, I won't, I won't just turn left and go behind one of the pillars. I'll just keep running down the main center drag of the parking garage. Classic stupid move from a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And both the good guy and the bad guy do it. Yeah, but then there's surprising kick-ass in it. I mean, Bulldog Drummond isn't messing around when he's like, I'm going to break your legs. And then he does. And then he does. He's like got his car up against the wall and the guy's pinned against the wall by Drummond's car. And he, yeah. He's like and revving they... the motor, pushing on his legs. And he's like, if you don't tell me the answer, I'm going to break your legs. And it takes, for a, it takes a while, but he breaks the guy's legs. Does he break the guy's legs or does he push some pillows in men's trousers into the wall <laughs> you got me there because that special effect was one of the worst well it's before cgi you know what, what are you gonna do um yeah. well put, all right put let's... mannequin legs in it and crack them <laughs> let's Let's also say, though, that this is kind of like the uh, the beginning of, of, of Fox Force 5, you know? Doesn't this feel like this is what Fox Force 5 really is? Yes. And, uh, yeah. and you know that you know that Tarantino saw you know, loves this movie or saw or at least saw it at the very least because Elkie Summers' next movie was, you know, with uh, Sharon Tate uh, in, um, what was it, that Dean Martin movie? Uh, um, the Matt Helm movies? I don't know if it was a Matt Helm movie. I've never seen it. but the it's Silencers? No. It's, um, oh, this is embarrassing. It's it's the movie that, that um, they show in... Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, oh, Valley of the Valley of the Dolls. No, it's not a very. It's not like that well known. The Wrecking Crew. It's called. Oh, uh, okay. Wasn't that also? Was that Matt Helm? 
Matt Helm. The character. Oh, uh, the the, the Matt, spy guy. That it, yeah, Dean Martin played Matt Helm. Yeah. So Sharon Tate, Elkie Summer starred in that, and they were kind of, I think, also like in, in a team of 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 uh, spy ladies or something. But anyway, I think as a riff on dangerous spy ladies, this movie is uh, has got a has got a couple of. Great examples of it. There seems to be some kind of a fight happening outside on the street. Really? Is it? Is, is Sounds it, like a good one. Is it Miss Ekman? It's Miss Ekman doing a job. Um, she kills a lot of people in look, this. Look, I was surprised. Talk about mashup. I mean, these ladies, you think you're in for a light romp, you know, really. And then they start murdering dudes and they yeah. are psycho killers. They're really yeah. scary. Yeah. They don't care. They're like honey badgers. Honey badgers don't care about this. I mean, they are, and they love to watch their victims die and they're completely heartless about it. Yeah. And they do. I mean, they, they get Rossiter in one of the worst, they kill him in a bad way. Rossiter, which one, which killing is that? The cigar? Well, no, that's, that's bad enough, but Rossiter, they, they drug him so he can't move. Oh, and yeah, right. And then roll them off the off the top of a building, off the top of the balcony while they're narrating it to. Yeah. But they let him sit there for a while, look off the edge and just kind of freak out silently. Yeah. It was terrifying. Yeah. They are absolutely terrifying. And again, a great shot of some pillows dressed up as a man falling Mm -hmm. to the ground. 1967. Show some respect, please. They had what they had. What they had. Well, and pillows. They had pillows. They made magic. Well, uh, Catch Twenty Two was shot just a year later, and they cut a guy in half on a raft and made it look real. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm being you're just. Funny. You're just like you're such a perfectionist. You're so. I'm you're a very perfect. You, joy your movies, killer. Your movies have to be Bill Perfect movies. That's fine. <laughs> Fine. No, they're not tidy enough for you. So there's they, they're terrible. They're terrible <laughs> movies. You know what a terrible movie is? A terrible movie is a movie filled with lies about how great corporations are and how how fast food makes you happy. Those are terrible movies. Fast food does make me happy. Well, <laughs> th- that doesn't change the fact that they're terrible movies. And no, that's true. This movie doesn't do that. Um, but. Uh, you know, I, I just—it's uh, great when we disagree. How? How? What better thing could we ask for? We really agree, though. No, no, no one. You say this is a terrible movie, and I don't <laughs> think that it is. I don't see that as agreeing so much, but <laughs> it's semantics. Um, did you know that this movie has a sequel? I actually heard that, but I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's called Some Girls Do. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so that's an actual sequel to this. Okay. I believe it is. Yeah. Same same team and everybody? Um, you know, I think so. Uh, we'll get to some of the, uh, the stuff that, um, like favorite lines. I want to get to some favorite lines. I want to get to some least favorite lines. But um, there is a... There is a moment in this movie that does not age well, which is when his nephew is trying to seduce the young girl. That whole sequence doesn't age no. very well. No, that doesn't age at all. And, and there's, there's a particular line in it where she says, I'd like another drink, please. I do all sorts of things when I'm tight. And it's like, oh, Okay. No, it's it's not now. It's not a good it's not a good movie for that. It doesn't ta- it doesn't pass the Bechtel test necessarily. Although Elke Summer's character kind of may. She pays the price for it, but but she is a she is a unrepentant you know uh villain and she is what she is and she's yes. good at her job. Yes. But there is a lot of um there's a lot of uh uh, bad male ad- ad- things going on. Men behaving badly. There is a lot of um, creepy 60s style 
uh, predatory lechery. behavior and lechery yeah. that uh, doesn't age particularly well. And I will say, you know, I'm not, I can't defend that part of the movie because I don't think they thought that was particularly funny. I thought, I think they thought that was funny, but in a kind of like, Hey, it's party romp time. Funny. Yeah. Not, not like they weren't commenting on it. It was just stupid. And creepy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was, the, that, that part of the movie was terrible. Yeah. The whole storyline with the nephew could go well. Yeah, except it's it got so bad that it got into the room. It got almost like it got almost so ridiculous that it was funny. That yeah. actually funny to me. Did that guy who played the nephew ever work ever again? I don't know if he was working then, but uh, <laughs> um, what was his name? Oh, his name was Steve Carlson. Yeah, Steve Carlson, and he uh, was, he was really American. Yeah. So favorite lines. Um, we talked about the Peggy's very well brought up, a very well brought up girl, father's a bishop. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot, but I prefer to roll my own. That's a great one. Also, when she comes into his room to seduce him before they're going to kill him, and he says, the condemned man's going to have a hearty breakfast, is he? Yeah, okay. Yeah, see these single entendres. Yeah. Just have all these single entendres. They're yeah. really great. Bad lines. They're pretty smooth operators, that's for sure. That's a bad line. Yeah, that's and not well delivered. No. And then there's you make sure that Mr. Drummond gets a good night's sleep. The treatment? The treatment. <laughs> that's a line I would have been proud to write. Yeah, and, and you, I think you would have too. In the right context, you would have stepped away and been like, <laughs> "What wow. more is there to say?" And then when he kills him with the chessboard, and says, "Checkmate," <laughs> you know, it's funniest like, thing. I laugh so hard, though. I do think. See, that's where I do think that it is knowingly making fun of James Bond's little snippetisms and stuff. That yeah, like he branched off when Blofeld gets. Yeah, pulled, yeah, he clearly. I think they saw that this was somewhat ridiculous, but um, bravo on the reveal of the chess, uh, giant chess board. That was great. That was like a great comedy James Bond moment when that oh. giant chess board rises out of the ground. Yeah. That was pretty great. Yes. My favorite line is also my favorite moment of comedy in the, in the movie. It's when um, Bulldog Drummond, who is the insurance investigator on the case, has been invited to the castle where the bad guy lives. It's his lair. It's like straight up just ridiculous, like Captain Evil's lair. And he's designed this castle, his own specifications, and he's giving Bulldog Drummond dinner. And he's already had a little fight with the, his his right hand man, the guy's right hand man, who is um, a karate expert. This giant barrel chested guy with the biggest genie pants I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, like MC Hammer style, just <laughs> yeah. giant. And um, and uh, Nigel Green pays him a compliment, and Bulldog Drummond says more than I can say about Fatso over there. <laughs> At which point the guy unsheaths his sword, and Nigel Green says, "Careful, his English is very good." I just the <laughs> editing of it, it's just I just love that. It's absolutely ridiculous. It was like out of a Coen Brothers movie. I got kicked out of. The, Seth Michael May, I says, I got kicked out of the Dungeons and Dragons 1E for saying, dude, I lose to you. I'm letting the Wookiee win, by the way. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I don't know what that is, man. Is is he are you smoking, Seth? I don't know what's I don't know uh, I don't know what Dragon Miss Drummond was the name of the Conrad Bands and Different Strokes. Is that a tribute? I don't know. Bulldog Drummond? Conrad Baines. Don't ever don't remember uh Conrad Baines being a being a sleuth. Was he a detective? I don't know what the, the title of the movie is a Kipling poem, which I will wrap like iced tea for a sandwich. Okay. Seth is Seth, Seth. is having a joke on us. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got you. We're, the show is lagging and I understand. Okay. We're just gotta pick up the pace. Thank you, Seth. Our producer Seth <laughs> Seth is commenting that we need to uh 
move the pace along. Oh, on is, he our, is he our producer now? You, you made him our producer last show. Oh, well, I talked about it. I don't know. He's not on payroll yet. But then again, neither are we. You talk to Seth. He thinks he's the producer. I, I Look, I was there. You offered him the job. <laughs> no, it's cool, <laughs> Seth says. Um, I don't know what 1E. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, and I don't know what 1E is, Seth. No, so maybe. I don't Let's understand that. Be very down with the Dungeons Probably, and Dragons. Probably, yeah. Space. Yeah. Well, when um, I hear Dungeon Master, I think a whole different thing. Can I ask why Elkie Summer wasn't a bigger star? Yeah, I don't know. She's very funny in this. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's obviously she's beautiful. I mean, that that's her. She's known for being extremely striking and and a model and everything. But she's surprisingly funny and and game and 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 with the joke in this movie, right? Oh, he's now me. The first edition. Oh, first edition. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't. Maybe she. I don't know. Maybe she just married some rich German guy. And no, she was working until she 2017. You know that uh, Silva Silva Casina, who was the other baddie gal, mm -hmm. her partner, was uh, originally considered for the role of Tatiana Romanova in From Russia with Love, that ended up being played by the the wonderful Daniela Bianchi. I did not know this. Yeah. But apparently uh, Sil Silva came close to that. Think how different those Bond movies would have been, though, with, with, with this guy rather than Sean. I don't really want to think about that. I mean, I like, I actually like, you know, Richard Johnson. I think he's, he's a cool actor, but I, I, I don't, he's not my, he's not my. Michael. He's not Connery. Um, but I like this vert. I mean, I'd want to see him do this kind of thing. I think he's got his own, his own, his own thing. And I, and I, 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 I would see him play this part again. And well, it's much and, more the saint. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's that Roger Moore went before he got ridiculous. He was always a little ridiculous. I, I think, I think he was always really ridiculous, but I, you know, he watches the show, Tony. So, I'm, I'm. He's not scared of me. I'm not scared of him. Oh, okay. He's got to be like in his late seventies, eighties now. I can't be scared. At least him. you, uh, you could take him. I can take him. You could take him. Uh, he was. He knew he wasn't a great actor. He knew that. He was the first. He'd be the first person to admit it. Yes. Not that you needed to be to play James Bond, but you know who's uh, who's who am I to say? I was never offered the part. Of James Bond? No, never. Oh, no, he, uh, Roger Moore sadly passed away. I can totally take him. Then. In you could take him. <laughs> passed away at Sorry. the age of ninety in two thousand seventeen. Oh, that recently? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, okay. I I, I feel bad uh, then. I've no nothing, nothing but positive things to say about him. Um. Oh. So, uh, right. yeah. All right. So, no, you go. We pivoted. Look, let's let's face it. I finished watching this movie about fifteen minutes before we started the show. We pivoted fast. Crime Way wasn't available. We we looked for it and we couldn't get it. Couldn't um, get it. And we didn't want to just have Reed Bernie on here talking about some random movie. Thought thought that would be unfair. No, and so what are we going to do? There's We're another watch whatever movie. we have at hand. Yeah, and there's another movie that Reed was in that's a wonderful <laughs> movie, Four Friends. I don't want to see a wonderful movie though. No, Craig Wasson, Jody Phelan, Reed Bernie—they're all great. Don't want to see that. Friend is, but it, it's it's too good. It's like what 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 what, what are we gonna about? what are we gonna say? Wow, that was a good movie. Uh, that was a touching movie. Did you like that movie where that that part where that happened? I did. See, that's the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Right, exactly. <laughs> Crime wave. I feel like we're all going to argue about it. I think yeah. you know, Reed. Reed seemed to feel like a, he was felt a little funny about it. Yeah, and Crime Wave. See, Crime Wave. <laughs> I'll probably say is a brilliant movie and love it. But I'm the guy who wants to hang out with Ralph Meeker in Kiss Me Deadly. 
you know, because he sounds seems like a nice guy who's fun to hang with. You know, Crime Wave is from the Cohen brothers and from Sam Raimi, right? Yeah. How bad is it going to be? It, it, I don't think it's going to be bad at all. I think I'm it's going to be outrageously silly. I think it's going to be great. And a lot of fun. Um, it doesn't have El Elky Summer shooting a dude in the chest with a spear gun within the first three minutes of the movie. No. I bet. In she a... straight up cold shoots a guy in the chest with a spear gun. Yeah. And she's like, ha ha. Yeah. And then gives another guy a cigar with a with a bullet in it that blows the back of his head off. Yeah. Like kills him right then. Yeah. And she laughs. She's like, ha ha ha. <laughs> and then she, she gets into a jumpsuit and jumps out of the airplane. Yeah. It's, 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 who doesn't want to see Fox Force 5? Uh, plenty of people. But if those that do <laughs> want to see it, this would be a good one to see. Fox Force 5. That's did, so you, did you think of that while watching the movie? No, I didn't think of Fox Force 5. Because Fox Force 5 were good guys. Fox Force 5 makes me think of Charlie's Angels. Okay. I've stunned you. I just don't think it matters. I, I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> you don't understand the difference between good guys and bad guys? Charlie's Angels are just people that kill for their friends. They don't kill if they don't have to. Neither does neither did Elke Summer. Yeah, she just like straight up shot the dude in the chest. She she's, pulled she's what's just, his name. She pulled the nephew's fingernails out. Oh no! She also put cigarettes out on him. We forgot to mention <laughs> that the thing that's great about this movie is if you hate this nephew character because he's such a disgusting, like you know, creepy, you know, guy with women. Yeah, totally predatory. Predatory, I, and I have to say that behavior was predatory then. It was extreme then. It was very amped up in this movie. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, if you have the desire to, to to go through that experience, it does come around to a point where Elkie Summer and her partner take him, tie him up naked to a desk and put cigarettes out on him. Yeah. But and tenderly, it has to be said. Tenderly. They do it quietly and with determination and slowly. <laughs> And it's really messed up. And you're like, I can't, this is a light romp comedy. Why are you, you're straight up like torturing this guy in, in a really, in a really nasty, real kind of way. It, it's strange. They're, they're very loving about it though, the way they do it. Also his uncle Bulldog is surprisingly nonchalant when he finds him tied up with cigarette burns on him. And he, he acts like it was a party game. Like it's one of his girlfriends, <laughs> just that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Very Why decadent, not? decadent, swinging London they were kind of portraying. Yeah. Um, that's what comes of letting success go to your head. Yeah, full of these little, yeah. At the When somebody gets their head blown, blown off, yeah. Exploded with a wig. Yeah. A wig bomb. You know? Listen, it's better. It is literally better than Asta La Vista, baby, though, because that's just a thing to say. That's not even a joke. It devolved since right, this movie, true. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, now, here we have, speaking of. I don't know about this. Is that George Siegel or Steven Seagal? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what this for the for the folks on the podcast, Seth Michael May just said, by the way, speaking of creepy people, a new seagull harassment story from Juliana Margulies just came out today. And uh I'm I know I haven't heard the story, and, so uh, until Seth tells me more, I'm not Sreven. gonna say anything about it. Srevin. Srevin. I don't know what that means. Sure what that means I think he's. I think he, are you are you watching this on your on your uh, oh. iWatch right now? Steven Seagal. Steve, I think he was trying Steven, to say Steven Seagal. What did what did Juliana Margulies work with Steven? What did she work on with Steven Seagal or even with Srevin Seagal? Why are we even remotely <laughs> surprised that something happened with Steven Seagal and anybody he worked with? That's true. 
because he think so. like an upright human I being to me. Everybody that works with him gets a restraining order out on him at some point. Second callback. Yeah. Well, I uh, I do not support Steven Seagal, and yeah. um, this is the first I've heard of it. I'm sure he's treated many people in uh, with with glowing with with flying colors. I'm sure, he's just been a champ. Here, he's giving us more hints. Hotel room, palm reader. Seth, you're not the producer anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you, you, we have to, you're not, you can't be the producer of this show. <laughs> yeah, it was at first, it was helpful, but this is not, I don't know what to say. <laughs> we should have, we should have random guests of the week. It's fine. Actually, it's welcome to, I love, I love having an interruption because my thoughts are, ter- are, are hateful. So I don't like to be in there alone very much. Come on, Seth. I was kidding. <laughs> Okay, you're still the you're the executive producer. You just lost twenty five percent of our audience right there. Um, <laughs> so, this is a terrible movie that I liked, and um, it, it has terrible things in it uh, th- that I also liked. Now I'm a bad person, yeah. and and it had some performances in it that I adored. Leonard Rossiter, spectacular. Nigel Green spectacular one of one for the books yeah <laughs> just the greatest <laughs> yeah that little laugh he would make yeah oh uh, yeah there was some great british dialogue um best exploding cigars I've, I've ever seen in a movie yeah um great moment too where he opens the door and there are two women standing there with submachine guns and then we don't ever see it, but it, somehow he's able to completely disarm them. Like, how did that happen? He was too tired to shoot that. <laughs> He'd been drinking with Richard Burton the night before, and he wasn't about to shoot that scene. <laughs> right. Uh, we just we cut away. We hear some gunfire. We come back, and he's got them both disarmed and on the floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like when a bomb goes off in one of the buildings and blows out three floors, and they cut immediately inside to Bulldog Drummond, like opening the door to the building, yeah, exactly. like the room, like what happened in here? Like what? <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. And all you see of the de- the bomb that caused that took out three floors, yeah, was in the room with the guy yeah. who now is just under his debt, like yeah. There's like a there's like a dad. table t- for turned over. So they get chairs slightly moved ro- in, yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun stuff. But um, anything else about this movie? Oh, the taxi chase has to be the worst chase scene ever. Um, it isn't very good. Shots of of a ta- of taxis. With exciting music behind it. Yes. But yes. we're supposed to believe that's a chase. So they're driving just a little bit too fast. Slightly. Yeah. Yeah. Moderately too, too fast. fast. It's over yeah. the speed limit. Let's put it that way. And the making out, you know, we said that the worst love scene we've ever seen was the love scene in Wolfen. The making out, but will you help me escape love scene in this was pretty terrible. Uh, with Elkie Summer and Richard Johnson. Yeah, where he keeps kissing her and kissing her. Yeah, you know know why I completely disagree with you on that? Why? Because Elkie Summer's in it, so it's not that bad. (laughs) Yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, but that's that's Richard Johnson, not you, as the other guy. Didn't bother me. I I didn't. It was was very well shot, beautifully lit, gorgeous (laughs) cinerama. You're laughing at me. It's absolutely stunning photography. Beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful studio lighting. It's really, you know, you forget like they had, you know, they had so many lights crammed onto that set, how hot it was just to just make anything look at, make look at all normal. And they did a gorgeous job with this movie. It looks fantastic. Pinewood Studio. Yeah, Pinewood. Um, I got to Now I have to. I'm forgetting who. I should have written down who shot it. Wow. Who shot this? Who was this? Was it Ernest Stewart? 
who did, you know, not a lot of films that you'd know necessarily, but he did shoot like a lot of TV, including the Avengers um, and um, other stuff. But like this, he, he just he just learned his he just learned his trade in the uh, in the British, you know, system. And they trained people so well back then. Uh, just master master technicians. It's really cool to look at for me. I and I love that period of of the way films looked back then and then that late late sixties period. Yeah. Well, the they color of those films is beautiful film stock and um, great lenses. They were like they were beautiful. They were newer. Like the best lenses that they've ever made were were in that period, but they were brand new, so they were also perfect and um. Yeah, so there's a lot to love about how it's made. Great score, for the most part. Um, very Bondian. Very, very Bondian. I mean, look, if you can, if you can take, if you can st stomach a James Bond movie, which let's face it, there are a couple of them that are terrible in terms of this kind of thing. You'd be well, able to stomach this. It's just, it's just, you, you, you know, it's it doesn't translate into today's marketplace at all. Well, what's interesting is that those James Bond movies, you know, when they came out and I was, I was, Adam was sort of right in the slot for those. And I was a little young, but because I was the younger brother of an older brother, I got to see them mm -hmm. and, and, and just thought they were it and thought Sean Connery was it. And then at a certain point I, you know, when I forget which, Whichever the first Daniel Craig Bond movie that came out. Casino Royale. The first one that came out with, with Daniel Craig was about the time where Atticus, my son, was ready to start seeing a Bond movie. And so he wanted to go see that. And I said, no, dude, you know, if you're going to watch Bond, we got to go back to the beginning. And we're watching uh, From Russia With Love or Dr. No, one of them, Dr. No. And um, Atticus turns to me and says, Dad, why is he kissing the bad girl? And I you I understand at, I something. Like, what? Like, I was going to say, what are you talking about? What, what One day you will understand why he's doing that. <laughs> yeah. Now you cannot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was... It was this moment of like, oh, wow, these movies are really problematic. And they're, really, yeah, prob yeah. they're really problematic for young kids who are having their, their, um, their, that modeling for them of this is, this is manhood. This is what I want to be when I grow up. Right. Um, and, uh, I'm still in therapy over that. Well, you know, once again, I'm happy I don't have to worry about that. And I can just see a movie and not have to worry about it molding anybody I know or ruining a child's life. It just <laughs> has to ruin mine. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, having your life ruined by something you're watching, are you looking forward to the last episode of mayor of east town i i am i mean i'm i'm kind of sorry it's over or I, let me put it this way i'm sorry yeah it's over. me too i'm really sorry it's over over i'm sorry it's over um it's kind of wrecking me that show it's wrecking me um it's really good i like um i like almost everything about it somebody I mean, said uh yesterday on facebook i saw somebody post just cancel the Emmys and give it to Kate Winslet now. <laughs> they probably should. Yeah. yeah, they could. As far as I'm, I mean, she is just, she just, it's a, it's just a home run for her. I, I just, it's a complete, it's a complete performance. Like I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really get that excited by people's performances a lot. I guess just because you know you see the mechanics of it a lot or you yeah I would, it takes a lot for me to be like wow that's incredible work and i just think i don't know something about her her commitment in this just really gets to me yeah 
It's cool how she's like both this character, and I know we weren't supposed to talk about this show, but the character is so uh, wonderfully both at once some someone you admire and somebody that you would never want to like. You can't stand her, and you also admire her like at the same time. Oh, I love her, but see, I like sick, twisted. You know, like no, but I mean, she's 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 you love her, of course, but I mean, like she's also. A lousy person in a lot of ways during it she treats people pretty badly she's abrasive she breaks the law to get what she wants we understand why i'm saying it's like a warts and all thing where you you get to see these both sides of her and, and it's that's i don't know that's really good that's a really great character yeah but i'm also i'm a big believer in in uh breaking the law to get what you want in in our mythology and our literature and our movies that's what heroes do because the law is wrong. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I need a cigarette and a scotch to talk about my college. My, my college. <laughs> the old days. My college. I'd love to hear about it. Yes. No, I remember your college thesis. Yeah. It, it, it is a great subject. And, um, and I know, find and it that's... interesting that you haven't lived your life as an outlaw or a bandit in any way, that you have really pretty much adhered to, to the letter of the law in your life. Because I don't want to go to jail. Okay. But, Just don't want to deal with the... Yeah. But, 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 you know, the, it, that is something that will, and in literature and in film, that is the quandary that always, I always return to and it always fascinates me. That, you know, in our politics, we believe in law and the, the group and the jury and, and in our mythology, the law and the group, it's, it's always justice always comes through breaking the law in our mythology or well, in the individual standing up to the crowd like even in in 12 angry men this triumph of you know which on the one hand is talking about how american the american justice system will work it only works because one guy has the courage to stand up it's not because the group is going to do the right thing the group is going to do the wrong thing <laughs> yeah i i do agree we it's, it's also now fun and exciting to be on the most dangerous talk show on the internet that's great now we are we are absolutely in like political territory where breaking we're the, the most, law this is the most dangerous talk <laughs> show on the internet yeah now it is wow you you haven't been spending a lot of time on the internet um you're talking about very dangerous conceptual ideas on a show where you 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 don't like this movie because it's a little morally like what and it makes no sense but but you uh, <laughs> the other end are condoning I've got no problem morality behavior <laughs> <laughs> excuse me i have um my parole officer wants to talk to me um Get your hands off me, Ossifer. Yeah. So we got a break coming up. Yeah. Um. What a, a three week break, a three, month break, three or four weeks. Okay. Off. We'll we'll warn people before uh, before we come back so they can throw their computers out the window. It's a it's a a break so that you can get back to the west coast uh, west coast drive over there and um, get back to the west coast and the show's going to be better. Um, in some respects, because I'll be doing the show at, at six or seven o'clock my time, which isn't past my bedtime. Right. Right. And you'll also have had a chance to see the films because you'll have a TV. No, you've been able to see them. <laughs> I've been able to see them, but I have been seeing them on uh, on my computer. Yeah. As opposed to my 86 inch flat screen. Gig Jumbotron Jordan Dinormotron. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh so coming up, uh we may be we're, we are at some point going to do a uh, <laughs> Seth Michael Mason. It will be better because I won't be high. <laughs> never, never don't smoke. And <laughs> you don't, you don't stand on ceremony for us. As high as you want to be, sir. Yeah. Call in any time. Comment on anything we say. Call us on our shit. Oh, tonight's a full moon. And tonight oh. is also 
a um an, a lunar eclipse i was feeling a little crazy in the head i was feeling a little loony tonight now yeah. we know why all right he's seth michael man is turning into a were rat all right very good okay cool Seth, um, you were rehired uh and i'm uh, sorry that that happened on the show on the air you, you were always the producer that that uh oh super moon eclipse that's right seth yeah. you're right um check that out um we are at some point when when i come back we're going to be doing a double bill of ma uh, man on fire and man on fire which is man on man fire <laughs> if you think about it oh wow, wow. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> man on man fire <laughs> Um, or it could be like from in living color, men on fire. That could also be true. Yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, this is a, a movie called man on fire, which is, a, a secret. There are two movies called man on fire. We didn't know. We only knew about the Denzel version. Right. Directed by Tony Scott. Turns out there was another version in 86 and it, it's a movie and we're going to see both of them. We're going to see both of them and we're going to. We're going to, as they used to say in college English classes, compare and contrast. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. We'll need the whole month to see these films and really yep. get into it. We'll work on our, also work on our um, our ability to do a show. We'll talk, try to talk better, more, with more eloqu eloquence. And you, are, Matthew are you... will stop just saying things are terrible and then saying that that's all he's going to just like, it's terrible. No, we have to do better. I'm. <laughs> I'll speak better. It's funny. What I'm hearing is that I have to do better. That's what no, I'm, I'm gonna. Doing. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna speak better. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna. I'm gonna learn how to just make my point, and you will stop being so mean to films. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and until then, um, we uh, we bid you a fond adieu. And I'll see you uh, on the from the West Coast. I will. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm going to see, see you. I'm going to see you and speak to you a lot before then. Many times. But for our for our our audience, we'll pretend like we're saying goodbye for, for and, the show's purposes. Yeah. yeah. All right. And uh, have a good night. Good night, sir. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers talk about movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.